Hello and welcome to Profiles in Risk. This is your host, Tony Canyas. And uh, today I have Anand. I closed your profile. Okay. Today I have Anand. Ranganathan. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's like you've done that before. Uh, Ranganathan. Uh, and I usually make fun of myself for mispronouncing the uh, last name. I, this time, I, I think I mispronounced your entire name. So my apologies for that. I'll, I will blame it on, uh, I didn't sleep very well last night. Um, no worries. But th thank you for being with me today. So, so Anand is, is the, um, the chief AI officer at Unscramble. That's Unscramble without the E at the end. Um, so Anand, uh, thank you for, for being here with me today. Uh, we, we met at, 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 at ITC, um, yep. and ITC 2021 was quite the amazing experience. Uh, it, it, the, the great return to the in-person conferences, and I recorded two hours plus of interviews with different people, and you were one of the last. You, you were in the last day, uh, so I was probably pretty, pretty beat up by then, uh, but, 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 you, but you stick in mind as, as, as one that was really interesting. So, so, so for the listeners, I think this will be a really, really interesting one. So, so Anand, uh, what is Unscramble and how does it play uh, within insurance or how can it play within insurance? Yeah. Yeah. So firstly, thanks, Tony, for uh, inviting me. It's definitely good meeting you at ITC in Vegas and uh, definitely remember, you know, your, your wacky uh, outfit at Vegas as well. Uh, I got some, uh, some props ready in case you were, you had props, but yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so Unscramble, we're a startup in the business intelligence and analytics space. Our whole goal is to make it easy for non-technical business users in different enterprises, but especially in the insurance industry. So make it easy for non-technical business users to get access to data and insights without having to go through lots of hoops. So our product allows people to ask questions of their data in plain English, a natural language, Behind the scenes, we will understand that natural language question, convert it into questions to any enterprise database, data warehouse, get back the answer, and show it in a meaningful fashion back to end users. So the whole goal is to drive data democratization, data adoption, data-driven decision-making within enterprises, where today business users might have to wait for days or sometimes weeks to get access to relevant data. We want to cut that down to seconds or minutes. So I, I, I am very much a non-technical user, uh, and I, I started uh, college in computer science. And it turns out I can't do math, and it turns out if you can't do math, computer science is not a great career for you. Uh, so I graduated with a degree in business in management information systems. So I do have some background in IT, but I've never worked in IT, um, and and I'm very much a non-technical uh, user, and and. and uh, but I spent a, a year of my life at, at Nationwide. I went through their financial leadership rotation program. And uh, during the finance program, one of the things that, that was really amazing to me, like, like we uh, tend to think uh, for, from the outside that reports just kind of magically happen, right? Like, like, like month end, quarter of the end, and, and those are like very defined reports, right? What you're, what you're talking about is, is much like more ad hoc. But we tend to think that those reports just kind of like magically happen or like they get designed once and then each month they like just run, right? And, and now having gone through the finance function for, for, for a little bit, 
the reality is, is that, uh, yeah, some basic query exists, but it doesn't produce a final answer. It, it, it produces kind of a draft that then a finance or an accounting person uh, actually works on to, to, to get you a final answer. That's why it takes a few days after the end of the month to get your information. So that was kind of mind blowing to me, right? That, that, that a, a, resort, a report that's needed every month and that it's like a basic part of running the business is not automatically generated in a large company. Um, so I can only imagine uh, when it comes to, to less structured data and when, when, it, when it comes to, to, to more ad hoc things, uh, how, how complex that is uh, to, to, get a, to get an answer. Um, so, um, if you, you, uh, how, how did the idea for, for, by the way, I, I, I love the, the name of Unscramble because that is exactly, uh, from my perspective as a non-technical user, that's exactly how the data feels. It, it feels scrambled and inaccessible to me. Right. And, uh, I've never been a, a manager or, or like, like a leader in, in, in a business. My, my girlfriend is, is a, is a pretty high level executive. Um, and, uh, but, but, but. Many times I've had conversations with, with high-level executives and one of their chief complaints is, is how expensive it is to, to, to right away. When, when they put a request to IT or a request to finance or, or whatever for, for a report or whatever, uh, it always ends up being expensive. Uh, and it takes a, a lot of time, especially if, it, if it's a new request. Um, how, how did the idea come to, to create something like this that, that, that would unscramble it for non-technical users? Yeah, yeah so... Uh... So I've been in the in sort of the overall data analytics AI space for almost twenty years now. So that was sort of the area of my PhD, as well as uh, uh, area of my research when I was at IBM research for almost ten years. Uh, so I was in Olympic data, national language processing, uh, streaming technologies, and uh, and you know, several other later areas. Uh, and also worked with several customers uh, and uh, as part of either research engagements or actually project deliveries. So when I left IBM, uh, along with some other colleagues of mine, uh, we started this company with the goal of uh, simplifying access to streaming data, which is a certain kind of you know, real-time data. But as we kept talking to different companies, we just found that there were these fundamental problems, like you were saying, that people don't get access to even some basic reports uh, quickly enough, especially when they are ad hoc reports, as you said. So when they are well-defined reports on a monthly basis, you know, maybe companies have this uh, practice down every month, they produce some reports, but very often those reports become a starting point for further analysis saying, oh, what happened this month? Why, why, why is the revenue this month lower than last month? Why, were they, why do you acquire fewer customers? Why were there more, uh, why was there more churn? And it becomes a series of questions that's often investigative in nature. And the only way we could actually uh, you know, solve the problem is to provide an interface where these business users can ask these questions as far as possible in an easy manner to get back the answer. So this idea, uh, so I already came, sort of, you know, came about at an interesting, interesting intersection of different technology trends. So the past three or four years, a few things have happened. Firstly, lots of data is being collected and being stored in enterprise databases, data warehouses. Secondly, people are getting more familiar and used to chatting with virtual agents. So chatting with Alexa, with Siri, with Google. Third, people are also spending more and more time on collaboration platforms like Microsoft Teams and Zoom and Slack and others. So all those three things are coming together and we realized about three years back that, that those three things coming together could provide a, a massive opportunity to allow people to access data and insights 
through natural language chat interfaces, especially within collaboration platforms like Slack, Microsoft Teams. So that's when we started, you know, designing and building out the product. And over the past three years, we've sort of well, gone through several iterations, gone through uh, several pilots and proof of concepts. And now we are live in a few different enterprises uh, where you know, ten, you know tens to hundreds of users keep asking questions of the data and get back answers in a collaborative fashion. So one of the neat things is that right now we're also integrated within Microsoft Teams, which I think a very large number of enterprises, especially insurance, use. So in Teams, we have an app where once you install it, you can actually start chatting with Teams, with a bot in Teams. And that's sort of the same question. So in the insurance page, you might ask questions like, uh, how many policies are expiring next month? Which customers have in New York have a home insurance policy, but not an auto policy, and the home insurance policy is going to be expiring in the next month? So they could start asking these questions in English in the way I framed it. Get back, and the system is going to understand these questions, get back the answers, and present it as charts. Again, all within Microsoft Teams. And now, because it's within Teams, they cannot share it with their colleagues and start commenting on it. And then finally, hopefully, coming up with joint decisions that uh, that they can take going forward in a data-driven manner. And how fast? Is, so, so I remember when I when I was sales manager with with, with Nationwide, I remember like having the the idea right so so oh we should we should call on agents that that i don't know that that, that didn't buy a policy in the last month right because because like like that or, or maybe that that have been declining in, in right yeah. so uh, i i would email justin or our, our data guy i remember his exact job title but but uh, but who created queries and stuff and, and a couple of days later you get an excel file Right, it, it wasn't super fast, and and it's an expensive way to do it, right? Because his time is is expensive, uh, and what he's doing for me, he's not doing it for somebody else. Uh, so, how fast is it? If if I ask the Microsoft Teams integration a question like like, like that, how how many policies do we have in New York that don't that have that have homeowners but not auto? How how fast can can it create a query and and get me an answer? If the backend database that the uh, that the, that the enterprise has is fast enough, it can be in order of seconds. Right. So, but you and in the worst case minutes right so that's the we want this to be interactive you know so the whole goal is that very often the, your first question is not going to be the final answer because you might say okay how many how many customers have home insurance but not uh, auto insurance let me get back a list of let's say twenty thousand customers and then you say okay uh, that's too many okay how many are uh, have an income of over you know, hundred thousand dollars per year and so you might do some more filtering and so on. So, so we want this to be interactive. So one of our key design decisions is to goals is to make responses ideally in less than a minute, uh, and very often in less than uh, fifteen seconds. So yeah, that's our goal. Uh, that being said, sometimes this is uh, caveated and how because we connect this, we connect our system to enterprise databases, enterprise data warehouses. So partly it depends on how fast those databases, data warehouses are. Uh, but our goal is to is, is that this is interactive. That you, you don't. You, it's almost like you're chatting with a person or bot. that's just giving you answers almost instantaneously. Okay, uh, I'm assuming that this is a given. But but uh, how how do you handle the the security piece, the the access to data, right? Right. Right. So so we 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 probably don't want anybody in in, in a forty thousand people company to be able to run queries on on the entire data of the company. Oh, indeed. So, so we have uh, access control and authentication and authorization mechanisms built in. So you can specify rules like 
people of these roles only have access to these sets of data. Uh, and even within the data, they might only have access to parts of it. So you can say, for instance, that marketing users have only access to data, say, that came from Salesforce or, or from ad campaigns, whereas uh, sales and distribution leads can have access to individual records about customers and their policies and so on. And furthermore, sales and uh, distribution uh, people in the Northeast only have access to customer records in the Northeast. So you could specify all those kinds of rules in within a system and it's going to you know make use of all that information to 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 filter all the answers so if you if you were not authorized to look at customers in new york when you ask the question like how many customers in new york have home insurance or auto insurance you will get back an answer saying no kind of answer this because you know uh, this this file filter which you're not allowed to to, okay. to look okay so so um what what is the minimal level of sophistication that my that that my data needs to be at in order for for the, for you to be able to plug in like like do we need to be at the data lake stage, or like I, I'm assuming that that in the continuum between like state of the art whatever state of the art is today I wouldn't even know how to describe it and you know access databases hidden on on ten thousand different desktops uh, we need to be at a certain point for this to really be useful. That's a, very, that's a very good point. So where this starts getting useful is when enterprise has one or more enterprise level databases or data warehouses or data lakes. It doesn't have to be one, could be several uh, because most enterprises in my experience have, have many. So uh, so very often an enterprise might, might have a combination of say some on-prem databases and some on-cloud databases. So maybe they're using an Oracle database or a SQL Server database on-prem. But they're also starting to use, say, Snowflake or Redshift on the cloud. Uh, some data might be one, some data might be other. So at, at that level, that's 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 what we the, that's that's the level you know uh, we we can start working in enterprise at when they have one or more such database data warehouses. As long as they're confident that the data in each of the database data warehouses is reasonably good quality in terms of accuracy, that they can trust the data coming out of it, we can start using it. If they can't trust that data itself, then, then maybe we are a bit early for, or, or they're a bit early for, for, for our tool, because the first step would be to make sure that the data in any database is that they're accessing is, is, is has accurate information. But once they trust the data, and then, then our tool can come into play. So one of the features of our tool is that it, it's able to handle silo databases, which is often a problem in many enterprises where the marketing team might have one database, the sales team might have another database, the operations team or the claims team might have another database, and that's totally fine. So we're able to handle databases. Depending on the question you ask, we will figure out which database might have the best chance of giving the right answer, mm. and then send the query to that database, get back the answer, and then show it to the user. Okay, can it work only with structured data, like only with like SQL accessible data, or or? Okay. Um, how, how long, so, 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 so let, let's say I'm a, I'm a super regional carrier and I've been working on, get, on, on getting all my data into a data lake 
and and uh, right, having one version of the truth, so to speak, having having a a a, a modern version of the, of the, of the data. Uh, how long does it take you to 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 go from 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 ink on the contract to my users actually having access to to the to to, to the tool set? I uh, I would say usually two to six weeks is our time from from system you know, you're saying yes let's go ahead to a at least a virtual system that's able to answer questions on a subset of the data. So uh, so part of the reason for that is we have a fairly uh, automated wave where a system will automatically crawl the database and understand what data exists, what are the different tables, what are the different columns, what are the different relationships. Uh, and then and then already even without too much effort, it can start asking answering some basic questions. And then we have a configuration interface, which is where our system is truly unique, I think, because each organization or each enterprise often has their own acronyms or abbreviations or terminology or metrics that they define. <laughs> we, we are infamous for that in insurance. <laughs> so and that's a very good example. So even the, even the definition of who is, say, an active customer or who is an expired or last customer, I've seen sort of different definitions in different enterprises. Right? Uh, so, but our system allows you a way to define that. So defining an active customer, say, as example, as a customer who has at least one active policy when active policy is something which has an expiration date is in the future so you can define those kinds of terms in a very formal manner in our tool so that each time somebody asks a question like how many how many active customers do i have today from new york who are about the age of 50 and so on it's going to know exactly how to calculate and who's an active customer or decide who's an active customer so you can so you can so, a, so that's where part of the work goes in, in, in defining the key business terms uh, that that business users might be used might be using, and that's where that's that's what most of the effort in the in those two to six weeks goes in, in defining how those terms. Also, defining, for instance, um, uh, uh, more business friendly representations of of certain terms that database might have. So, for example, a simple example is a, a database might have a customer table. And you've seen cases where in the customer table there's a, a gender column, but where where there's a code for gender, where zero is means male, one means female, and two means not known. So nobody knows that except the database administrator or database model, because in his mind he thought, okay, he or she thought that representing the integer is going to be much more efficient than putting in a string there, for instance, right? So, but now when you're presenting this back to the user, I have to now you know, replace zeros by male and one by female and so on. So all those data mapping can also be defined in our tool so that when the results come back, they're going to be understandable to users and uh, um, and you know people can start making sense of data immediately. Okay. Um, do, do, you have a, do you have a couple of, of uh, client success stories? Even, even better, they're from insurance. I, I understand if you have to anonymize the client. If you don't have to anonymize the client, I don't need you to, so feel free to use the name. Uh, but if you have to anonymize them, that's fine. Uh, but I'd love to hear a couple of stories of how it's it's made a difference in 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 the life of the client. Sure. So we do have a uh, uh, an insurance company has been using us for almost uh, eight months, and this is in Asia. So start off with their customer lifecycle management team and the marketing team. So they would start asking they would ask questions that would help them identify segments of customers, like who are high net worth customers or who are customers who have multiple policies. 
And the key goals was to come up with some segmentation of the whole customer base that they could then target for, for campaigns for doing either cross-sell or upsell, make sure that they knew. So lots of so they had lots of questions around uh, uh, around renewals and policy expirations and uh, upsell opportunities and, and so on. So so that's uh, so start off with those kinds of questions uh, with that team, and then eventually it also went into questions around policies and claims management and so on. So figuring out how many claims were made by a given user, uh, you know, which and different metrics and how how profitable essentially each customer was based on their claims versus their coverage and uh, premiums. So, so yes, that's one of one of our. Uh, this is this is one of the largest uh, in, one of the large insurance carriers in in the, in Southeast Asia. Uh, we also have customers in other uh, uh, in variety of other industries too, in in banking, in retail, in telecom, different use cases in marketing, in sales, in operations. Uh, well, and uh, and we have, it was interesting. We also had lots of pilot, pilots going on with. Uh, uh, with companies around data sets, around say, uh, around sales and distribution, around uh, uh, commissions. So, for instance, finding out which branch generated the most number of commissions uh, in the last year compared to the previous year. So, yeah. So that's uh, this is some of the uh, uh, I think which yeah so, yeah at least the insurance space. None of them are uh, referenceable yet. Hopefully, we will soon, but. But we have some reference of the customers in in banking and telecommunications so because finally at the end of the day this kind of system is useful across across industries especially those industries which have which are which are which are still which are data intensive but haven't yet figured out how 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 uh, best to use that data. I, I I'm curious. Uh, so so since the company has been around for for six and a half years. Uh, I, I'm curious, did you make an attempt? Like, I would not be surprised if you had made an attempt at insurance early on and basically got into companies and, and got like, you guys are so unprepared. That, like, and, and now then insure tech happened and now they're much more prepared. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just wondering if, if such a thing happened or, or, or if you're just going after insurance now. Uh... So specifically insurance, we're going up to insurance now. So that being said, our, our first, our first uh, uh, product was actually even more ambitious, you could say. It was more specifically targeted towards queries and analytics on streaming data, on real-time data, like IoT data and so on. And that's an even more niche uh, topic for us. Even more companies were unprepared. <laughs> so, so we stepped back a bit from that focus on streaming and IoT data, even though it's technically very interesting, to just focus on Know, much more different kinds of data. There's all kinds of static data, database data warehouses. So, no, but it, it's actually a common problem across enterprises. So, even now, early customers happen to be telecommunications and banking, which are similar in, in spirit to insurance in, in the sense of uh, being slightly uh, uh, having lots of challenges in, in data adoption and, uh, and using data effectively. So, yeah, so, so we had, I think, very similar experiences. But we got in, into insurance a bit more recently over the last year or so. We got into, into a couple of accelerators, uh, the on-ramp accelerator as well as the GIA accelerator, the global insurance accelerators. So that gave us a good, good exposure to the insurance uh, industry specifically, lots of uh, uh, engagements and contacts. And, and then we got a good sense of the lay of the land and figure out what the good use cases uh, that, we could, that we could go after. Fantastic. I'm, I'm a big fan of GIA. Uh, I, the, I don't know the other accelerators particularly well, 
but but GIA is, is very close to my heart. I, I'm an Iowa boy at heart. Uh, spent ten years in Iowa. Uh, so the, 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 I can't remember. The, uh, you were part of, of the cohort that did it virtually. You didn't have to to spend ten weeks in Des Moines in January in January February kind of thing. Uh, so we were actually part of this. So GIA has, I think, a couple of programs. One is that one, but it's also something called the Insure Tech Days, uh, where uh, this was this actually this happened actually in person in Iowa in, in Des Moines. Uh, I think in October, September, October, September of this year. Oh, that's a beautiful time of the year. Yes, uh, just before it's starting to get cold. Yeah, it's beautiful. Uh -huh. Okay, per perfect, perfect. So, so for 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 any uh, Insure Tech uh, very early stage Insure Tech founders listening. Uh, take a look at GIA. It, it really is kind of a wonderful program. Uh, and and uh, GIA, the, the GIA, the accelerator side, is, is willing to look uh, at really, really early stage. Uh, like a lot of the other accelerators want uh, revenue and, and like, like a working product at some level. Uh, GIA is a lot more willing to like an idea on the back of a napkin. If it's a cool enough idea, they just might go for it. Uh, So so uh, so anyway, so Anna, uh, thank you for 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 coming today. Uh, it's been a good, I don't know, almost couple months from uh, since ITC. Uh, so thank you for 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 the patience since I've been really busy uh, with with recording podcasts. Uh, I will uh, tag you on LinkedIn when this goes out, and I'll tag and I'll include the the URL to, for Unscramble. And I look forward to, to see, hopefully we'll bring you back in a year or two and, and, and you'll have a bunch of insurance clients uh, because I think for, for, for insurance, uh, it, it, it definitely is an important thing to have uh, good answers for, from, from our data. Uh, and it's, it's something historically we have not had given, given our, the general state of our technology uh, pre-2015 kind of thing. <laughs> Indeed, no, no, thank you so much for inviting me. It's been a pleasure and, uh, and yeah, looking forward to staying in touch and uh, yeah, hopefully seeing you again in Vegas next year. With, uh, I will absolutely be at, at ITC 2023, 2022. I don't even know what year it is, 2022. Uh, so I'll definitely see you there. Thank you. Have a great one.